Welcome to a bonus edition of the Guernsey Press Arts Podcast, in which we look forward to the latest iteration of a music festival that's been running here in Guernsey for 47 years, the Vale Earth Fair, which takes place on Sunday. Well, I'm looking forward to every act because I think they're all fantastic. Um, we've got a really great lineup across all the stages um, with some fantastic variation in different genres of music as well. So we really are trying to appeal to, to everyone who comes along. And we're also going to look back at a couple of innovative recent theatrical productions. One of these has taken Guernsey's most venerable amateur dramatic institution, Gaddock, on the road, with the production of a Steve Martin comedy at the Old St Andrews School. I think it's absolutely wonderful choice to use um, this this um, venue just because it is smaller. It goes back to kind of the roots of black box theatre, where it's a much kind of smaller venue. I think we've got a maximum capacity of about 100. Um, and yeah, for this kind of offbeat, like avant-garde, absurd comedy, you know, <laughs> trying to pull in a, a big 400-seater at Beausajour is going to be a big challenge, especially in the summer. But this just gave us an absolutely amazing opportunity to have those packed houses and create the atmosphere that we were wanting and that what this play deserves. The other, meanwhile, saw three separate music theatre Guernsey casts find three entirely different ways of telling the same story, with their productions, plural, of the last five years at the Fermain Tavern. I, I always feel like mine and Eve's version is like the vanilla version that Jason Robert Brown originally intended, and then the other two versions just take it in a wild new direction that I never even considered. And we'll also hear from Guernsey Arts about their strategy for community engagement. I'm Simon Delarue. It's the Vale Earth Fair on Sunday. It takes most of the year to organise, but it's just this week that the first physical signs began to appear as eight volunteers gathered within the ancient walls of the Vale Castle on Tuesday to begin erecting stages and marquees. I went along to meet VEF collective members Nick Farnham and Jade Kershaw. We're just at the beginning of uh, setting up today, so starting to run our loads into the castle. Um, Yeah, getting everything in here. Regency have started popping in, um, scaffolders will be here soon. So, yeah, really at the really start of it. Um, but all the potential that is to come, we're very excited. And how many people are involved in this uh, setting up of it? And, and how many hours work a day are you tending to put in, all of you? Um, I don't know how many people yet, yeah, because we're not sure who will turn up. Um, it's an open process, we're an open collective, and people are welcome to come and join us um, up until about, what, 11:59 a.m. on Sunday, um, so to come and help out really. So um, we're currently like today we've got what eight people up here. Um, hopefully tomorrow we'll have another ten up here maybe, um, and hopefully we'll have more than that as we get closer. So we've got lots, a varied amount of people, but if you want to come and help, you're welcome to. And uh, Nick Farnham, you're uh, helping out here already today. Do you see, see yourself being up here for a number of hours between now and Sunday? Definitely, yes. yes. We'll, we'll be here um, till it gets dark, really, um, every day uh, in, the run up to the, uh, in the run-up to the big day uh, on Sunday. And, and then many days after that as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, uh, very hands-on uh, sort of uh, process, getting, getting as many, many hands as possible and um, 
yeah, and a real labor, a labor of love. You know, people people coming in from all corners to uh, to help us put it together, get the infrastructure and all of the framework together. Yeah, a labor of love. So, what do you love so much about it? Uh, well, I started coming um, probably in my early teens, and uh, always enjoyed the music, um, but also the sense of uh, the community sense around it, the community spirit. Um, coming up to see, I mean, I think like a lot of people who, who come up to the airfare, you're, a friend of yours has been coming, says, oh, it'll be fun. That's how you get into it. Um, and uh, and it's nice to share that with people. It's nice to share a, a laugh with people, a drink with people, um, uh, and, some, and some really lovely music. And uh, um, yeah, I think that's what I enjoy the most, yeah, that community. So as well as being a collective member, are you performing in any capacity this year? Uh, I won't be performing um, uh, as, a, as an artist, uh, but I, I do get up on the stage behind the mic and uh, have, a go at, uh, have a go at comparing uh, between acts, which uh, tends to get a little bit easier uh, throughout the day. Uh, <laughs> once you once you limber up a little bit, and um, yeah, and uh, and and try and uh, sort of almost blank out the fact that there are hundreds of people standing in front of you who are listening to you, who are paying attention to you, um, which is lovely, uh, but quite nerve wracking at the same time. Yeah, and um, a, a few words about the the lineup that you have this year, I and mean, if either of you want to comment about it, what what acts are you particularly looking forward to yourself, Jade? Um, well, I'm looking forward to every act because I think they're all fantastic. Um, we've got a really great lineup across all the stages um, with some fantastic variation in different genres of music as well. So we really are trying to appeal to, to everyone who comes along. Um, we've got the Sneak Away, a spoken word, poetry, prose and performance stage. Um, so we have something a little bit different in that aspect as well but we've got some really fantastic uk acts as well which can't not mention um our headline act bob villain um uh, just doing absolutely brilliant today um at the moment they've just last year won the first mobo for alternative act so they're really something special to come and watch um yeah and, and nick do you have any uh, your eye on any particular acts that you're looking forward to seeing well, I have to definitely echo Jade. Of course, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Um, but um, I will mostly be outside the uh, castle walls on the next up stage. Um, I think I think we've got a good, a very very good lineup this year. Um, I will also be popping around uh, to see Bob Villain um, because we're we're aiming to finish uh, an hour early this year outside. Um, but uh, yeah, we've we've got um, a, a great lineup from Guernsey. We've also got uh, Swajan uh, coming over from Jersey, and uh, volleyball from the UK, um, who might be familiar to some people over here. They played uh, St James not too long ago, um, so that'll be exciting, I think. Uh, Jade, if there are any anybody listening to this who would like to get involved themselves, I'm sure you have plenty of opportunities for people to to be involved, especially because you you spend a, at least a couple of days clearing up afterwards as well. So, how might someone get involved in uh, becoming perhaps a member of the collective? Um, well, this week, if you want to come and help us, you just need to pop your face up and to Vale Castle and say hello and say you want to get involved and help out with something. Um, but any other time, you can give us an email or um, info at vailairfair.org. Um, and we've got our website and Facebook page. You can message us through them. Um, and just, 
yeah, give us a contact, say hello. But we especially would appreciate people coming, especially after the event. Um, we really need some help clearing up. There's a lot of rubbish to pick up and there's a lot of things to tidy and make sure that the castle is just looking impeccable afterwards um, so that we can carry on doing this year on year. And for those coming along to enjoy the performances on Sunday, uh, just give, give us the practical start time and uh, the prices where they can get tickets. Uh, so we're from midday till midnight. Um, tickets are available online via uh, Um They're still on sale, but they are selling fast. So if they sell out, then they won't be available. So buy them quick. You have been warned. Vale Earth Fair Collective member Jade Kershaw there speaking to me at the Vale Castle on Tuesday. And you also heard from fellow collective member Nick Farnham. Tickets are £25 for adults or £20 for those aged 13 to 17, plus a £1 booking fee. Children 12 and under go free. This year there's a supervised kids' corner with activities and sensory play options. And in addition to Sunday's main event, there are two gigs at the Delarue to look out for. On Saturday, Tantale and Pershard's Wall are playing the now traditional warm-up. And on Bank Holiday Monday, the wind-down will feature Electric Shakes, Baron Den Den and Swajan. Both gigs are free and begin at 8pm. The Guernsey Amateur Dramatic and Operatic Club, GADOC for short, has been going for 97 years now and is very closely associated with its principal venue, Beausjour Theatre. However, the club recently branched out to a smaller venue with a performance of comedian Steve Martin's Picasso at the Lapin Agile, which was put on under the banner Gadoc Fringe at the Avril Earl Dance and Theatre Arts Centre, a space that used to be the St Andrews Primary School Hall, in which I once saw Cliff Richard perform to a school assembly of curious kids and enraptured mothers. But I digress. I went along to see the show and afterwards I caught up with director Ethan Hitchin and actors Michael Sullivan Pugh, Lydia Sullivan Pugh, Miriam Dinnis and John Ozan. John hasn't trodden the boards for a few years, but in this production played the title character of Pablo Picasso. So I began by asking him how he'd found the experience. Oh, it's been amazing. Um, yes, I've not been on the stage for a while and I, I will be honest, I did audition for possibly the smallest part in the play. Uh, that just didn't happen, unfortunately. And then it was uh, Ethan, he just goes, uh, would, you, would anyone mind if they played a different part to what they auditioned? And then uh, later he said, do, do you want to be Picasso? And I said, oh, we'll give it a go. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite a part. It's quite, uh, yeah, I, I, the book that's written about Picasso is quite thick. I got about halfway through it. I never finished it. So uh, hopefully I got enough Picasso before I turned him on the stage. And uh, from the moment you enter on in the stage in this uh, production, there's a huge amount of energy required of you. Um, did, did it feel like going naught to 60, having not been on stage for a while and then going straight into that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a character that's supposed to be 23. I mean, I really had to up my game. So, uh, and and... I'm also playing against uh, someone who, who is actually younger anyway, so I just know that I've got to put the age in there. Also as well, he, he does go on a bit of a journey. Um, and I, To show that journey, I've got to think to myself, yeah, I'm going to have to sort of physically change him as he goes through. And Miriam, uh, tell me about the role that you've played here and what it's been like to um, be involved in this production. Um, my role, so I play Suzanne, and Suzanne is in love with Picasso. She's young and naive, and she's bold and sexy. Um, it's been, it has been a really good experience to be part of this Gadok production. It's my first um, Gadok production ever, 
Um, I'm, I'm kind of newish to Guernsey and I've done some theatre in Portugal, but being the only foreigner in this group made me a little bit nervous, but everyone is so nice. It was very calm, um, creative, very fun. I loved it, loved it, everything. So given that this was your first experience uh, with Gadok or acting locally, what prompted you to get to involved in it? Um, I've always loved it and I did some in Portugal, but when I moved, I lost that that possibility. So when I moved to Guernsey, I thought I really want to go back to it. And I auditioned, just thought, mm, I'll give it a go. And that was it. And uh, Lydia, turning to you, um, you have the luxury of uh, enjoying a lot of this show from backstage before you make your first appearance. But uh, tell me about the venue here, what it's been like, because this is a, a new venue for Gallock. Isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, I think it's an absolutely wonderful choice to use um, this this um, venue just because it is smaller. It goes back to kind of the roots of black box theatre, where it's a much kind of smaller venue. I think we've got a maximum capacity of about 100 Um and yeah, for this kind of offbeat, like avant-garde, absurd comedy, you know, <laughs> trying to pull in a, a big 400-seater at Beausajour is going to be a big challenge, especially in the summer. But this just gave us an absolutely amazing opportunity to have those packed houses and create the atmosphere that we were wanting and that what this play deserves. And uh, very physical roles for you this evening <laughs> in terms of the, uh, the the kind of dynamic that you have to bring to them. Yes, the, the Countess um, essentially swans in, throws money at the bar and gets a little bit tipsy um, and flirts with everything that's got a heartbeat. Uh, and the female admirer is just 30 seconds of carnage, is what I've described it as. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I've, I sit backstage for pretty much a whole hour and then I come on stage and it's basically a whirlwind from the minute I get on stage to the end, including two costume changes. Mm. So. And much of that whirlwind is created by uh, Michael here. No, we, we do all feel that we know Einstein, do we not? Yes, I mean, Einstein's a character that everybody knows. We, I mean, there's there's a whole joke of the taking the picture of uh, Einstein with the whole tongue out. That's actually a gag because everyone knows what it is. And I think that to play a character like him is is great. I'm never going to do it again. I, I don't think I would have ever had the opportunity to do it. I mean, it, but it's wonderful because you can take your own interpretation. I'm not doing a caricature or an, an impression of Einstein. It's my own interpretation of what he could have been if he was sitting in the La Agile in 1904 in, in Paris. I, I loved it. And um, the, the what the life that is brought to him within this particular script, and then the the, the random uh, conclusion of the uh, of of the play, um, it, you must have um, come to this with a great deal of sort of uh, levity and enjoyment before you even started. I imagine. Absolutely. I mean, I think that you've got Steve Martin who's written the script, so you already know that it's just going to be an absolute corker. And then from the back end of that, you've just got. It's it's such a liberating script. I mean, I know I've had an absolute blast the whole rehearsal period because you can do almost anything with it. You can create jokes from nothing. You can gloss over others that you're like, oh, that one doesn't work quite as well. So actually to have the liberty as an actor and to have a director like Ethan who's got comic timing down to a fine art form, it's it's been wonderful. And turning to Ethan then, um, I, this is a play that I, I have to confess I'd never heard of before uh, you began advertising it. What, when did you first come across it and what made you want to put it on here? 
Uh, well, I, I came across it when I was 19 because uh, I just come out of uh, doing my A-levels and uh, I was sort of known amongst my friends for doing jokes and impressions and that sort of thing. And they suggested I, I join a theatre group. So I, I joined Gaddock and did the uh, Red Riding Hood panto that they did that year and, and loved it. And I thought, oh, I, I want to get into more acting and I was looking around for sort of scripts that I could sink my teeth into and get to know. And I... I like did a google search you know funny uh plays and this one stood out to me because of steve martin and just you know grew up watching him and yeah i read it and just loved it and i, I thought at the time oh i'd love to be in this one um but then uh obviously nobody else knew it so nobody like put it on and then uh i was more into trying to direct and i thought you know what i've always got that one that I've always loved. So rather than being it, why not try to put it on and I can leave my stamp on all of it, not just uh, one character and and everything. And and the rest was history, really. And so what was that experience like for you? Because I mean, you've directed with Bad Eggs uh, um, yeah. previously, which won an award nationally. Yeah. Um, and so um, then here you are with this one, with a bigger cast. Um, what's it been like for you? Oh, it's been great. Yeah, I've loved loved every minute of it. It's uh, it's basically been a year of me just working away at it each and like a little bit every day and everything, and have having a a great cast uh, to work with because that was the thing that I was I was worried well not worried about but I knew that this cast was make or break off the. Uh, uh, this play was make or break off the back of its actors and luckily just had a swell cast just to work with and yeah they've given me everything they've got each night and it's just been an absolute pleasure. Ethan Hitchin there, the director of the very first production to be performed under the new banner of Gadot Fringe, namely Steve Martin's Picasso at the Lapin Agile, and we look forward to what the new fringe element of the venerable club comes up with next. Music Theatre Guernsey has performed in various locations around the island in recent years, including Beausajour, the Princess Royal Centre, the Victorian Walled Gardens, St Peter's Church Gardens, the German Underground Hospital, St James, and even the Battery Myris. But for its latest production, it returned to the Fermain Tavern, the familiar home of its pantos and its dinner theatre series. But there was nothing familiar about its approach to the Jason Robert Brown musical The Last Five Years, which tells the story of a couple's relationship in inverse chronological order. So we see Jamie's story from start to finish, while Kathy's is shown from the end to the beginning. Director Elizabeth Beacom took the unusual approach of casting three pairs of actors to deliver the same lyrics in three completely different ways. I went to see a performance which featured Dave Wheeler and Yves Le Sauvage, and afterwards I caught up with them and with Elizabeth to hear more about their unusual approach. I think for me it's been a really exciting uh, process. About a year ago I knew this would probably be my last summer on island um, and I wanted to fill my time with something interesting. Uh, loved the last five years, fell in love with it during sixth form. Um, but there's so many different ways you can sympathise with the different characters which is why I wanted to do it with three separate casts. So did you allow the three separate casts to take this script in different directions or did you push them in different directions? Uh, we sort of gave them all a little bit of a prompt, uh, but it's been such a collaborative uh, process that they've very much had uh, a lot of input into what we've now got on stage. 
And, and what are the different interpretations uh, that you've put on this? So it's all been about where our sympathies might lie. So should they lie with Jamie? So in one of our versions, we're hoping that they do. In another version, we're hoping they lie with Kathy. And in our third version, it's sort of, it's no one's fault. It's a friendship that's sort of gone awry. And um, did, did that have, uh, did that inform your casting for this? We'll be careful what you say here with the casting. No, not at all. So we, we didn't have the interpretations in mind beforehand. Okay. Um, so we invited two casts and then, you know, we had discussions with those two casts and auditioned a third. Um, so it was very dependent on the people we had. We didn't quite have those three interpretations in mind before we had the people. And from the musical point of view, um, I mean, are there differences between the, the, the perf uh, productions in terms of that performance element? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the same source material for, for each uh, of the three casts, uh, but sort of the intricacies within the music, there's, uh, they're all played slightly differently, um, as well as, you know, our sets. We've got three different sets, uh, three different lots of lighting, three lots of different sound tech. So um, they are really three different shows. So, uh, Dave Wheeler, um, you played Jamie in tonight's uh, performance. Now, by the time people hear this, the, the run will, will have finished. But from your point of view now, uh, you've had two of your three shows and there's just one more to go. And other cast members haven't started yet. I mean, what's, the, what's the experience been like for you here in this intimate Fermain Tavern setting? It's just been wonderful. Um, it's, it feels like an end of an era when we finish on Saturday. Uh, we were asked to do this way back in September last year. And since then, I've just been listening to the soundtrack nonstop in the car, learning the words and learning, watching different versions of it and seeing how they each actor in those different versions portray their character in a slightly different way. And I take a bit of inspiration from that. Uh, and I've just absolutely fallen in love with the story of this piece. I, I think so many of us can relate to the story of sort of your first relationship not ending well and the heartbreak that ensues and the difficulties in, in trying to make it work. And it's just, it's almost been quite a cathartic experience as well. And I just love the music. I love the sort of the, the bittersweet arrangement of, of the way the story is told and how the music accompanies that and, and accentuates it. And it's it's just been wonderful experience and I'm going to be very sad on Saturday when it's over. And yeah, and yeah that, at that, in that moment, you'll be able to sit back and watch other people doing it. What's been your experience so far of, of, uh, of, of watching the other interpretations that have been available to you? I absolutely love the different ways they've taken the what is essentially the same music and the same lyrics, but just a completely different style of story where the characters portray themselves differently. I, I always feel like mine and Eve's version is like the vanilla version that Jason Robert Brown originally intended. And then the other two versions just take it in a wild new direction that I never even considered. Um, Dan and Chloe's especially has a lot of sort of intricate choreography that is very subtle that you don't pick up on like immediately. You might need to keep a close eye to, to to understand or you might need someone else to to as in my uh case someone pointed out for me and i was like oh i get it now so, <laughs> so yeah like it's, they're definitely worth watching as well and uh eve lasovals you, you you come on here this evening after the brilliant uh beginning from dave's op op great optimism and you're at the end of the relationship how does it feel sort of working this play backwards from your perspective i mean it's kind of hard because you kind of have to like you say, you have to kind of make yourself sad at the start and then at the end when you kind of want to be sad with Dave, I kind of have to be like, oh, I'm happy and this is the start of my relationship. So it is kind of, it was kind of challenging kind of coming on stage, just knowing that Dave's going to sing Sheik's the Goddess afterwards and he's going to have a blast on stage and I'm just sat here like crying. So, yeah.
And you've you've been involved in MTG uh, musical productions before with, with um, Little Women, for example. And how does this compare to that in terms of the challenge of the singing um, that's required of you? I think this has definitely been the most challenging sing because it's just so much like belting and it's just so like demanding. There are some songs that just go, seem to go on forever and it's like, I just want to stop. And it's just so like you need to have a lot of stamina and I'm not, I wasn't very good at stamina when we first started this show and I've been doing my training at Mount View through that kind of time and I've kind of built up that stamina and just the ability to just belt a lot more and not be super tired at the end. But yeah, it's been, it's been really fun though, yeah. And a really long process, Dave was saying, from September that you were asked to do this and here we are in, uh, almost a year later. And what have you learned in that time, do you think, through this process? Well, I think that I've learned that it's not like I'm normally, I'm used to a director going, you have to stand here on this exact moment and stand here at this exact time and on this exact word and do this exact thing that I've told you to do. But with Elizabeth, it's been more like, yeah, let's just give it a go and let's see. And then she'll tweak things and ask us to do certain things or try it a completely different way or whatever. And she has just, it's been much more lax process and it's just kind of been like, oh my gosh, I have to think for myself now. It's not just a director doing it. So I think that's kind of been quite challenging, but really fun. So this has been a, obviously quite a focal thing for you uh, in this summer here in Guernsey. What's next for you? Um, I'm going off to the University of Chichester or Chichester Conservatoire to do musical theatre and film acting, which is fun. And, and how long is that going to be for? That's for three years. Wow. Well, congratulations and enjoy that. Thank you. Yeah. Did I sound envious at the end there? I didn't mean to sound envious. That was last five years actor Eve Le Sauvage there, and you also heard from Dave Wheeler and director Elizabeth Beacon. We'll leave you now with our regular chat with the Head of Arts Development at Guernsey Arts, Russ Fossey. He's been giving us a month-by-month pricey of the nine pillars of Guernsey's arts strategy, and our latest conversation revolved around community engagement and well-being. really with any strategy, um, it's really important that you get the engagement of the community with the strategy. And I think when Guernsey Arts talk about the community, um, we're talking about the, the wider community, but we, we, we probably break down into a number of, of, of different stakeholders within that area. Um, so, you know, firstly, I think it's important that um, the other art organisations and festival organisations understand our strategy, understand what Guernsey Arts are aiming for and how we can engage with them. Um, and probably if we just stay on the festivals at the moment. So an example of that would be actually over the last, uh, actually the last week, we've had three festivals in to talk to us about their events next year and how we might be able to, to support them. Um, some of that is with financial support. Um, some of that is actually uh, the, the loan of the gallery, of our gallery here. Um, and I guess with, within within those conversations we, we have with the, the festivals, um, we're always talking about their engagement with their festivals how wide that engagement is in terms of um the sort of their outreach and and um uh, engagement with areas the public that might not normally access um the arts um and if you look at as a for instance the literary festival uh what one of the 
key reasons we're, we're a, a keen supporter of the literary festival is their outreach program into schools and into prisons and into into homes so um it's important that we have that two-way conversation with these these organizations and um I, I can imagine in some areas it's this is easier to measure than in others i mean if you hold an event in a venue you can count the number of people that come in whereas if you put a poem on a bus or a piece of artwork on a street it might be harder to determine uh, the degree of engagement you've uh, succeeded in bringing about yeah and uh, i mean that's that's really interesting because um you know when we talk about engagement you know part of that engagement is is people accessing art in public areas as you're describing and um you know we, we recently put a poem um uh on uh the steps uh in the church square as part of the cultural program for the the island games initiative and it is it is always difficult to measure um the success of bringing um art into public places adding um, a little bit of vibrancy, a little bit of richness to our lives. Um, yeah, it's really difficult to, to measure um, th that sort of thing. Interestingly, though, while what, what we're talking about this, the, um, the when we put the poems on the steps for the Island Games, um, myself and Jared popped down just to see uh, how um, they, they'd just been put on. We went down to see that they were all good. Um, and... Um, we just arrived and there were two people standing there in in tracksuits and um they had the Falkland Islands on top of them and they were they were they were taking um uh, photographs and sending them directly back to the Falkland Islands so it's really interesting to see how quickly art in public places um can sort of move through communities um, and of course, our engagement at that point was to try and engage with all the other islands, and um, that that we think was very, very successful. But it is difficult with uh, art in public places. Um, but um, probably a, a nice example of this is something we've done recently, which is we've recently been celebrating the 60 years of the Beatles coming to Guernsey, and as part of that, um, we held um, uh, a concert. Uh, last tuesday on the uh, 8th of august which which was the exact date the beatles came to guernsey we had a brilliant tribute band 1963 revisited but for me what's been really important with something like that is the concert along with the exhibition um has engaged so many members of the public um in terms of um remembering back to the times of the Beatles, um, rich memories of friendships and 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 just generally, um, I'm coming back to that word enriching, enriching our lives. Um, at the at the, the concert on Tuesday, we, we had families that came along with four generations of family. And that was um that's that's quite sort of heartwarming when when you get the music and art bringing people together and families together and you know of course granddad there's going to be talking about you know perhaps I was there at the time and for the young children this music is is perhaps new to them um but bringing people together to um celebrate the music um and 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 bringing people together I think is really really important to us that social aspect of of the arts is really important 
Yeah, I, I wrote a piece actually in the Saturday's paper about uh, being there on Tuesday and and um, the uh, guitarist Matt Nichols inviting people to raise their hands if they'd been at the original concert. And there were at least a couple of dozen there, which uh, for them it must have been quite a profound experience to uh, to relive that uh, concert they must have remembered six decades ago. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's sort of, you know, we've had, since we've had the exhibition on here at Candy, um, we've got, had people coming knocking on our doors, telling us their story of that, of that time. And, um, and, and, and it's a smile on their faces when they, when they think back to those times and, um, and how memories of 60 years ago are still um, very much in their, in their memories. And, you know, that's, um, as I said before, that's, that, that enriches our life. And for me, it, it, it's heartwarming. And so just getting back to that term, that element of the art strategy that we're talking about today, then with community engagement, what are you seek? What's the main thing you're going to seek to change as in regard to that? Well, I I think it's it's it, I don't think it's change. I think it's further development. So I think it's it's further. Um, we've got great relationships with the art organisations in Guernsey and we, we continue to strive with that. Guernsey Arts itself tends to make sure that um, most of our events are public type events. So um, the Beatles exhibition, Art Sunday, we've just hosted the four nights uh, of KPMG Castle Nights. These are all free, inclusive and accessible opportunities for both artists to engage. So it gives great opportunity for local artists to perform or, or, or come down to these events. But at the same time, it gives the wider community opportunity to come and uh, enjoy the arts. And I think it's it's further trying to get people to understand how important that uh, these events are, um, both as cultural events, but also as social events. And 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 behind that all, um, the 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 the, the well being to our lives that that, that these events offer. Um, so I, I think it's really important in those areas. Um, we talk to a lot of the um, wider charities. Um, so we talk with the Youth Commission, we talk with Guernsey Mind, the Disability uh, Alliance all the time about the benefits of the arts and um, the importance of the engagement with the arts for these for these different charities for different reasons and it's been really interesting that if, if you take art sunday as a for instance um all those those charities i've talked about now come down to art sunday um with with a creative bent because it's a it's about the art but because they understand and value um the benefit of the arts to our health and our well-being and um Sometimes I think actually the message uh, that comes from these organisations about the benefit of the arts uh, is a more powerful message coming from non-art organisations. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're, we're getting to the point where we the, the, um, we, we really do under, understand that. Um, but it's about how we can continue to support the arts Um to, to continue to, to 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 raise our profile um, and put on more events and um, and put on 
things that are important to, to certain groups of people um, and be able to fund those sorts of things. And, and that does take money. So it, it does mean that we are always looking to, to fundraise ourselves. Um, uh, so the understanding that any contribution you make to Guernsey Arts is going to the wider benefits of, of the arts. Guernsey Arts Head of Arts Development, Russ Fossey there. That's all for this edition. Look out for another podcast on this feed in a couple of weeks' time. And please email me on sdelarue at guernseypress.com if you have an arts project you'd like us to shout about. Bye for now.